0: Good morning, Tribe. What is going on? Oh, my gosh. I hope you're having as an amazing morning as I am. This is uh, off to a great start. Uh, Kids are off to school. Everyone is healthy. My heart is beating. Building on yesterday's podcast, super grateful for the beautiful sunrise and and for the fact that I'm above ground, right? That's where we start. Start with that, that gratitude, right? And then we build on that. Today, we're on that relationship track. Right. Because remember, we break these out in the different tracks. We're either doing the health, the wealth or the relationship. Today is on the relationship and we're talking uh, theoretically today. Uh, And what we're really talking about today is employee appreciation. And this is a big one, uh, a big opportunity for all of us uh, as we are working to create a better culture, right, to create a better environment. Uh, In fact, you know, you look on LinkedIn, you look on Facebook, you look, uh, you, you know, read trade magazines, trade pubs, and you're seeing, you know, a big opportunity right now is that fo- focus on culture, right? We keep seeing that C word. In fact, I did a podcast on that and go back and listen to that as well. It's such a, a critical and essential part of every organization, right? And, and so when I talk about employee appreciation, this is, you know, coworkers as well. So even if you're like a director of marketing, Uh, or a a marketing coordinator, you know, not necessarily a principal or an owner, you know, this is still completely relevant for you as well, because you've got people that you work with and whether they're on an org chart, whether they're above you or below you you is irrelevant. Uh, What is relevant is that you've got these co-workers that you work with that you need to get their participation at certain times, right? And so whether they're higher up on that org chart or they work beneath you and report to you, uh, there are times where we need to ask for their help. There are times where they are asking for our help and we're providing service for them, right? And so it's really important that we have a good foundation to build on so that when it does come time to ask for help uh, and or delegate, you know, you that you've got an audience that is willing and able and excited to help you out. So I wanted to talk to you kind of high level, we, we we still might get tactical a little bit to, to talk about how, the how to show appreciation, right? But I really want to start the conversation with the idea of, you know, we're going to be walking away with a couple pieces of homework today, where we're going to be applying some of this as well. So be prepared for that grab your notebook and, you know, sit down and enjoy. You know, basically, when it comes to employee, employee appreciation, when it comes to Showing gratitude uh, when it comes to sharing feedback, it all needs to come from the heart, right? And this is some place where I want to, I want you to get your head in this same spot where I'm at. That we're not looking at just coaching up our employees to get better performance out of them. We're coaching them up to make them better human beings at the core, so that when it comes time to do work tasks they're in the right spot, and you're speaking the same language, right? And you're both speaking from the heart, if that makes sense, right? And the reason I say this is because it's so easy to get spun out just thinking about the tasks that your employee is supposed to do and coaching them to those tasks as opposed to coaching to the better human being so that when it comes time to doing those tasks, they've already got it. They already have that understanding, right? And so You know this starts you know out of the gate, and all of us can laugh because whenever we're hiring or we're bringing on a new teammate, you know everyone interviews amazing, right? Or we're seeing through rose-colored glasses because we're looking to fill that spot so quickly and and painlessly that you know we see we might see through potential future flaws, right? And whatever those are, but you know what I'm talking about. If you've had experience in this, you know what I'm talking about. Seeing through the rose-colored glasses and or you know, people interviewing well, because both are true, right? I I think it's a combination of both that whenever someone is interviewing, they're putting their best foot forward. And obviously when we're interviewing, we're wanting to see them succeed. We're wanting, wanting to see the best side of them so that it cures our pain. Our pain at that time is the need to fill that position. So say we're looking for a hygienist to, Start working with us, and whether that's part time, whether it's full time, or we're looking at this hygienist and we're thinking, wow, look at look at all these spots on the schedule. That if we bring in this one hygienist, all of a sudden, so much of my pain is solved, right? And so we're looking through those rose-colored glasses, we're trying to see the best, and then we bring them in, and then before you know it, we get in this relationship of, oh man, that's not the person I hired. Have you ever had that happen, where you're working with someone and you think back to the day that they interviewed and you're like, wow, this is a completely different person than who I interviewed. I know I have, I've hired quite a few people uh, over the years and, you know, there's been quite a few times where that has happened. And I was like, wow, you know, that person, that same person was still sitting in front of me when I when I was interviewing them. Right. And this is clearly the same person, but their behaviors or their attitude is different. Right. And I think that is where I'm going with this is, is that attitude portion And coaching that attitude up, right? Because if you think of every time that you've interviewed, every time that you've been on the other side of the table where you're interviewing, you know, that person has been prepared to come and talk to you, prepared to sell themselves, has been prepared to have a professional conversation, you know, and so it's internal and external, right? They've showed up, they're clean, they're well groomed, they have a smile on their face. Their head is in the right spot, right? And so so mentally and physically, they are ready to crush it. They're ready to perform, right? And so looking back on those interviews where, man, they were killing it. And then six months later, you know, this is a completely different person. Are they really a different person or are they acting differently because they have a different attitude, right? And then their behaviors follow that attitude. And again, this is coming full circle back to what I was talking about at the beginning you know, coaching to the attitude and not necessarily to the tasks. The tasks will coach themselves, right? If we have a very uh, clear uh, list of expectations, right? So say we call it a job description, you know, we can always coach back to that. And if you're successfully doing it, you're having your employees coach themselves to that, right? So then when it comes time for reviews, when it comes time to, to meetings, you can coach back to that the job expectations and then you can reassign that so that they're coaching themselves, right? And that's that's going to be a different conversation completely on how to do that. But for those of you that are already doing that, you get it. And for those that aren't, you're like, huh, that makes perfect sense. I want to I want to talk farther upstream. I want to talk farther to the attitude, that behavior, right? Again, what I've been talking about with you. Those those external desires and those internal desires, right? Obviously the external desire was for this person to get a job with you. But what was the internal desire? What are they looking for, and how do you connect with that so that you can actually speak their language? And so, you know, when it comes back to our employees, or our coworkers, or our bosses, whatever that that level is, right? You know, th- these are your coworkers. Uh, in another podcast, I referred to these as our internal customers, right? We have, obviously, we all know what our external customers are, right? Those are the people that we're serving in exchange for value or for cash, right? These are our patients, right? But our internal customers are the ones that we work with every day. And so this is what I'm talking about right now, back to that employee appreciation. And this is how we best show appreciation is how are we connecting with that person as a human being to get a better understanding of what drives them and what makes them happy so that we can speak their language and we can know what really makes them tick. And what really makes them happy. So I spoke about this a little bit earlier uh, on another podcast where we talk about millennials and how, from my experience and from my learnings, this generation, more so than any other generation that we've seen, is more willing to do things for other people than they are for themselves. And if you remember me telling that Lululemon story, that Lululemon coaching story, where the employee was really not motivated by money, but when they found out that one of their coworkers was struggling financially, instantly money became important to them because it meant that if more revenue was generated, that their coworker would get out of their financial struggles. And so that was a great lesson and a a great, uh, way to connect with another person's, another human being's needs, their core needs. Right. And it's a great way to, uh, really get a better understanding for, you know, what we're talking about today, which is employee appreciation, because that is a great way to look at employee appreciation, uh, where you've got one human being who is not really financially motivated, not really financially driven, but when they find out that one of their coworkers could really benefit from them having a focus on increased sales, on increased revenue, they instantly kicked it into high gear to help out that other person, even though it still benefited them, right? Because this was a sales culture at Lululemon, and the more that they were generating in revenue, the more that they received as bonuses, right? But again, that that person wasn't really like, no, I'm not really motivated by by money. But again, once they found out that that other person was, and they had that need, they stepped it up. And of course, the unintended consequence was they also got more cash as well, because as a group, they all performed better. So that's just a great way of of starting to kick off this conversation of employee appreciation where it's having an awareness of what your coworkers and what your peers what your mentors what your employees what makes them tick so that you can better respond to what their needs are right and so that, that's often what i'm seeing is you know we talk about you know the hire and everything's awesome and then we have that honeymoon period but then six months later you know, we've got a completely different employee. This is the reason why is because at the beginning, you know, we were totally connected with their energy. There was a ton of hope right on both sides of the table. But what winds up happening is six months later, we have got an autopilot and we've disconnected with what is important to that human being with that employee or that, that internal customer. Right. And so this is that opportunity to reconnect with them and really find out what's important to them so that we can start to work towards filling that need, right? And by filling that need or filling that bucket, it creates the opportunity for them to have more certainty, right? And when they have more certainty, they're going to feel better in their own environment. Does that make sense? Because that's one of our our core human needs, right? Is that need for certainty. So when we wake up, we want to know, you know, where we're going, what we're eating, what we're doing throughout the day, that's why we have our schedules, right? And we w- want to know you know where we're resting our head at night. that's why we have our homes. Uh, this is why we we focus on on our shelter so much. Again, back to Maslow's hi- hierarchy of needs, right? You know, building that that core foundation, that's really the the certainty piece is making sure that that I feel good, that I know that that I have a good foundation to jump from, right? Because I'm always reaching for the stars. I'm always looking for that next opportunity but I'm able to do it because I've built a good solid foundation and I feel good about my foundation and what I'm doing right and most most of you know what I'm talking about as well or there's those times where we have uncertainty and whether that uncertainty is you know maybe it's a transition in relationship uh or maybe it's a transition in between jobs uh maybe it's uh you know you're looking at getting married that's a big transition right maybe uh, you're re- getting ready to have your first child, whatever that is, from from your regular day to day to you know a new chapter. You know these are examples of uncertainty, and and remember how that feels, right? Think of an example of the last time you had transition, the last time you were looking for a job, you know, the last time you proposed, the last time you know you found out that you were going to uh, be a, a a mom or a dad, right? And you know how that made you feel, right? There was a ton of excitement, but there was also that feeling in your stomach of like, "Whoa, this is a new chapter, and as excited as I am, there's still that tinge of uncertainty, and I'm not sure what this means to me yet, right And so that's what I'm talking about of when you're feeling that your your capacity for jumping as high is a little more limited, right? because you're not sure that your foundation underneath you is as solid as it once was, right and so that that's what what gives us. And again, this is kind of that joke and this this is totally the the Tony Robbins trap track. I said trap, I meant track. <laughs> it's not a trap at all. It's in fact it frees you from from any traps that you've got, right? Is but these these core human needs, are these six human needs, you know, the the top two are that that need for certainty, again that foundation. And ironically there's the need for uncertainty as well. So and, and we call that variety, right? We love to have variety. Variety is the spice of life. You know, again, if, if every day was the same, if every day was that certainty, it would get boring really quick, right? Does that make sense? And so we need to have the blend of the two. But when it comes to having a good foundation, that is because we have that need for certainty. So uh, I tell this to you so that you can understand that so that we can have a better understanding of how to start providing that or being aware of that for our employees, right? So our employees have the same need of certainty. And so it's our obligation and our duty just to be plugged into that, right? So we, they have the same needs that you and I do, right? And the more that we can tune into that or the sooner that we can tune into that, the better it is for everybody, right? And the better it is obviously for them, right? But guess what happens once we tune into that? It's certainly better for us too, right? Because once they feel good and they have that good foundation, now all of a sudden we can start taking it to the next level. Now we can start having different levels of conversation. Now they're feeling good about themselves, which means now they have the capacity to feel good about other people and and about their surroundings. You know, very similar to, to yesterday's episode. You can't have you can't love other people until you love yourself, right? We don't physically have the capacity to love other people if we don't love ourselves. If we haven't learned to love ourselves, there's no way that we can love other people. Very similar here, right? It's, we don't have the capacity to think outside of ourselves if we're living, if we're we're constantly living in that state of uncertainty because we're always trying to gain certainty and we're gonna do whatever it takes to to reach that point right and so knowing that to be true you know what can we be doing to help provide that and what we can do is we can provide you know good clear job description right and as much as this has nothing to do with job description you know a a good clear and specific job description with good clear expectations of what their performance looks like that is certainty that is the foundation foundation right and again This doesn't necessarily mean that it's more work for you to coach to that. When done properly, you have this all written up so that when they start, you have this job description for them and they're able to coach themselves to that job description. Does that make sense? And so you're able to provide that clarity. You're able to provide that focus so that they know what a good job looks like. And once they know what a good job looks like, hey, now I can perform to that good job. Does that make sense? Now I can actually do it. If I don't know what my job description is, I don't know what a good job looks like. And and I'll tell you a a brief story. Uh, My wife used to work at a company where she was at a job. She had a job description, or I'm sorry, she had a job title, but ironically, she did not have a job description. And so she constantly lived in this state of uncertainty in the sense of she never really knew what an exceptional job was because she was that, by not having a job description, she became that person that filled the gaps. And what I mean by that is we've all kind of heard of the analogy where we have a glass cylinder and we'll put the rocks in in the glass cylinder and we'll fill them up with these big rocks, right? And then we fill it up to the top and it's full, right? But then we've got these gaps in there, right? And so what we'll, what we'll wind up doing is filling in with smaller rocks, like smaller pebbles, right? And then we fill that up and we kind of shake it to make sure that they all sink to the bottom and and fill those gaps, right? And then we get that to the top and then it's full, right? Well, actually, no, it's not. And then we get our bag of sand and then we start pouring sand in there and guess what? There's room for that sand. And all of a sudden that sand fills it up until we get it all the way in there, right? And then it's full, right? Well, ironically, we can still fit some more in there. And then we get our pitcher of water and then we fill our water in. And so the, the idea there is that Just when we think we have it full, right, there's always those gaps that can and need to be filled. And, you know, if there's no job description, and this is what my my wife did such a great job of, is being flexible and and being able to work with others that, you know, she got kind of sucked into this trap of filling the gaps. And she was constantly filling the gaps, and she was a great team player, and she was constantly getting the high fives. But when it came time to the quarterly reviews or the annual reviews, there was no real reward Because there was no defined target of what an exceptional job looked like. And this was obviously frustrating for her as, you know, she's looking to, A, advance in her career, but also, B, why do we go to work? We go to work to make money, right? I know that there's more to it than that. But at the end of the day, uh, if we didn't need money, we might be able to fulfill our same passions on a beach in Costa Rica, right? So we can say it, we're going to work to make money. And the unfortunate part in her situation was without the clear expectations, there was hard it was hard for the organization to link value. So when it came time for the annual review, she would get three percent just cuz. And it wasn't linked to wow, you did such a great job because there was no desired outcomes that were set. So, you know, so take that to the other extreme where, you know, if you've got an office assistant. And, you know, you're able to set clear and specific metrics, you know, that, you know, we are trying to capture, you know, 20 new patient reviews uh, a month. And we're trying to schedule, you know, 20 new appointments from existing treatment plans. You know, we're trying to make sure that 98% of calls get answered, you know, whatever those metrics are, right? But, But we have clear and specific goals and targets we are really able to measure whether or not we're attaining those, right? And again, it has nothing to do with setting up for failure or success even, but it's really drawing that line in the sand so that that employee knows what success looks like. It's giving them good, clear expectations so that when they show up to work, they have a good understanding of what they're doing. And so back to you know my wife's example, uh, she didn't last very long at that position because it became frustrating to her that she felt like she was adding a ton of value because she was adding a ton of value but there was really no exchange of value for her and no reason to continue doing that because there was no thanks there was no gratitude there was no exchange of value for that and so she wound up leaving that job and moving to another job that guess what had very clear uh, expectations had a very clear job description so that she knew what a job looked like and guess what happened she she launched right and she really caught her stride and people knew what a great job that she was doing because nothing changed. She was still the same person. She was still an amazing employee. She was still the person that would bend over backward, bend over backwards and do whatever it took for the organization, right? But now that there was clear expectations, it was much easier to measure what success looked like. And now all of a sudden she's making a ton of money uh, compared to what she was doing. And it's because of that. And so I I tell you this so that, you know, back in your world, do you have clear expectations of what success looks like for your employees, right? Because by doing this, it gives you the opportunity to set up those easy high fives, right? If you've got a goal, so say, for example, in my organization, I've got someone that uh, is making up on phone calls and prospecting for us to, to find new companies for us to work with, right? And his metric is 100 phone calls a day. To make 100 calls a day and to work at generating new prospects and or new uh, prospective appointments for me to go and talk uh, and and try to partner with them or for them to partner with us as a, an advertising agency to, to work and help market, right? And so by having a goal of 100 calls a day, this is a very simple and clear expectation that once he hits 101 calls, we're high-fiving, because he's done it. I mean, this is, this is his goal and this is what we're trying to do. Now, obviously he's got other goals as well. You know, goals to, you know, how many appointments are we trying to set uh, a week? How much revenue are we trying to generate? You know, there's other other goals that are there, but this is just a high level goal to give you an idea of like, you know, 100 100 calls a day. This is what the expectation is. And every time he gets 101 calls, we're high-fiving. On the, the flip side, on the days that we don't have 100 calls, it creates the opportunity for us to have a better conversation where it's like, man, you know, I only got to 80 calls today because I got on that. I got stuck on that one call that lasted almost an hour because it had so many, so many questions. And that's awesome. Guess what that did? It created the opportunity for another high five, right? Because, you know, it offered clarity to what we're doing, but it also gave the opportunity to tell the story for any kind of variation without that, right? Because I'm high fiving that all day. If the expectation is 100 calls, but you only got 80 because you had someone on the phone for an hour, and they were so interested that after an hour, they're probably going to start working with us, that is fiveable, right? And so, you know, we have a lot of metrics and goals that can be flexible like that based on the situation, right? But it's because we have this metric or that line in the sand that I told you about, it gives us the opportunity for that that high-five, right? Or that conversation or that coaching opportunity, because here's the deal, guys. A coaching opportunity is just as good as a high five, because again, it's another connection point with your employee. And again, the whole vein of this conversation that we're having today is employee appreciation. So not every interaction with that employee needs to be a high five. You know, sometimes there is that coaching opportunity to bring them back in balance, right? So envision a soccer field and they run out of bounds, well, we got to bring them back in bounds because you can't play the game outside the, the lines, right? You need to come back inside the lines. And so that's our opportunity to coach them back. And remember when we were kids and sometimes we would do dumb shit just to get attention, right? Because even bad attention was at least attention. Well, sometimes we have employees that do that as well. And so sometimes if they're not performing to our expectations and they're doing kind of something that makes you go, what in the world? It might be a simple call for help. And oftentimes it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your organization, right? Because everyone has lives outside of the four walls. And, you know, if you've got a hygienist that is on the verge of breaking up with their partner and they're a little emotionally rattled, you know, you might start to see that behavior manifest, manifest itself at work as, you know, showing up late or having a poor attitude or arguing with another employee or or arguing with the patient or whatever that is, right? Whatever that attitude is. But again, it comes down to, you know, if say someone got, say you had a hygienist that got snippy with your office manager, the core could be, again, they might be having a hard time at home where they're about to separate or break up with their partner, but you're coaching to, you know, we can't talk to our office manager like that. It's like, yeah, we can coach that behavior, but if we're able to connect at that deeper level and really see what's going on because we've got our finger on the pulse, we can clearly see that had nothing to do with them. I mean, I, I deal with this all of the time, right? they not necessarily with my employees, but, but even with my clients and my friendships, right? Where you'll see someone who is acting completely out of character, right? And you, you realize that at first you're like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Or, or what happened? Or why are they so upset? And then you find out later that it had nothing to do with you or it had nothing to do with that situation. It was a byproduct of something else and it was really a cry for help. And the reason I I tell you this is to create that awareness for yourself so that when you are having to sit down, you know, it gives you the opportunity to ask, you know, how are you doing? How's everything going? Because, you know, this just seems kind of out of character for you. You know, the fact that you raised your voice at uh, the office manager, I mean, you know, this is completely out of character, and and my gut is telling me that it really, you know, as much as whatever the office manager said to kind of set you off, I I know that you guys have have been getting along, you know, great over your tenure here. Like, what do you mind telling me what's really going on? Because you know, we're here to help, and we want to make sure that that you're feeling good and that that you're you've got a good foundation beneath you because. I know that when I've got a good foundation beneath me, I can perform better and I can treat other human beings with respect and dignity and treat them with the the love that, that they need to be able to succeed and be the best versions of themselves. And you, you get ready. If you have a, a conversation like that, that's something similar to, like, to that, uh, look out for what happens, right? Because they will open up. And here's the deal. It's worth it. I know some of you are kind of rolling your eyes, going, "Oh man, the last I need to be doing is listen to this person, uh, you know, whine or complain or cry or drivel." But you know, it it needs to happen sometimes, and we need to allow it to happen sometimes because it's the human element. It's a human being being human, and oftentimes with our connection with technology and social media, we try to remove that that human element. We try to remove our imperfections. We try to always strive for perfection. And that's exhausting because none of us are perfect ever. And we can't expect our employees to be perfect either. And so the more that we're able to connect with them at that human level, again, the job description, the tasks and all that, let's, let's coach them up to coach themselves on that, right? Let's just be the, what's a good analogy for this, uh, the circus master. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right term, right? But but really the orchestrator, right? If if we're going to be the conductor uh, of our symphony and all of these different players are, are different pieces of our symphony, we need to be plugged in so that when our violin is, is not playing to their best, uh, our violin section is not playing to their best of their abilities, we're able to spend a little time with them and invest time and reconnect with them and rebuild that certainty for them so that they feel that they've got a good foundation. So you know, again, with having that employee appreciation, you know, I think a lot of you probably embarked on thinking like, man, you know, employee appreciation. Well, do I need to bring them balloons? Like, well, you know, thinking you're going to have to do things or bring stuff for them to feel grateful or feel connected or, or feel like they're appreciated. You know, it goes higher level than that. And it starts with acknowledgement, right? It starts with, you know, hey, Susie, how are you this morning? Or even more, you know, hey, Susie. Oh, my gosh that top looks great on you today. You're looking awesome. And, you know, whatever that, you know, start with a compliment. You know, I went through a phase where I was giving 10 compliments a day. And this might be your homework assignment today, as much as this is a theor- theoretical conversation, you know, just to give you something tactical that you can walk away with and, and start practicing. Uh, that is such a great, Opportunity for you. This was back in the uh, early 2000s that I was doing this. And I had it on my calendar. And this was, uh, you know, again, you're giving 10 compliments a day. And so it starts throughout your day. So you're waking up. So whether it's a spouse, whether it's to your kid, uh, whether it's to, you know, your neighbor, whether it's to your coworker. And here, here's the deal if you're having to give out 10 a day, you're having to give out compliments to all of them. And what it really created the opportunity for me to do was start looking for the good in other people, right? Start looking for where people were putting effort, right? And what they were trying to do. And it also gave me the opportunity to see what the the ROI on that was, right? It might be a silly analogy, right? But what was that return on investment where you give a compliment, because here's the deal, uh, and I hope that people don't take this the wrong way, but if I see a girl and I compliment her on her top or her eyes, guess what happens? I get a big smile, I get a big grin, and oftentimes I get a thank you, right? And so that becomes very, it's like, I don't want to say attractive because it becomes, uh, or intoxicating, right? But it becomes addictive because once you start getting responses to your your feedback or your compliments, what do you want to do? You want to give another one. Right. And so then you start looking for that. And guess what happens? Then you start finding them easier. Right. So the more you look for them, it takes a lot of effort up front. And so this is kind of that that rocket analogy uh, that I've that I've told you before. And for those of you that haven't heard it, it, it's basically, you know, for every rocket that goes into outer space, they expend 80 percent of their fuel or their energy just to get out of the Earth's atmosphere. And then it only runs its whole operation on the remaining 20%, right? So it's kind of like that Pareto's law, that, that 80-20. Very similar here, right? It's gonna take it's gonna take a little work to give out 10 compliments today. But once you've done it, then it's a little bit easier tomorrow. And then after you've done day two, day three is quite a bit easier. And I'm telling you, by the end of two weeks, you're you're giving out 20. And you're not even trying because they're just falling out of you. And guess what happens? It's kind of that that attraction principle, right? The more you give and that, well, very similar to yesterday's podcast, right? Where we were talking about giving back to the community, right? And giving back to organizations uh, and to charity because that was yesterday's goal was to, you know, give, find a charity and give to that. And it was, to, I was talking about the, the theory of the more you give, the more you receive. It's very similar here too as well. Watch and see what happens when you give out a compliment, and be careful with your compliments. I mean, if you're not comfortable, you know, complimenting a woman uh, on how she looks, then don't do it. You know, if you're afraid that that's going to be perceived as as creepy or weird or wrong, or then don't do that. You know, find something different. You know, compliment them on their shoes or compliment them on a job well done. Compliment them on, you know, a, a great story that they just told. Oh, my gosh, that was such a great story. You know, I, oh, or compliment them on a story they told yesterday. You know, this happens often too. It's like, oh my gosh, do you remember that story that you told me about the duck in Las Vegas? I told that story yesterday and everyone was in in stitches. That was such a great story. Whatever. Find something. You don't need to look that hard, you know, because every human being is amazing and they have beauty inside of them. Find one of those pieces of beauty and compliment them on that. And it doesn't have to be physical looks. Uh, it can be sense of humor. Uh, it can be demeanor, whatever, you know, their behavior, they can have a beautiful behavior. They can have a great story about, you know, their kids, whatever that is, but connect with that, compliment them on that and see what you get out of that. And, and again, don't do this to get something out of it. But what I'm telling you is as you start to do this, you're going to start to see an immediate return on that investment. And it's going to be so much fun for you. And, you know, that being said, Now that's your homework. You've got 10 compliments to give out. This is directly related to what we're talking about with our employee relation. Because again, what we're trying to do by celebrating our employees is to connect with them. There's no better connection point than learning more about them and celebrating what's important to them, right? Because we know that to be true because when someone connects with us, how do we feel? Oh my gosh, we feel appreciated, right? When someone compliments us, how do we feel, right? You know, what, if someone compliments me on my pants or my shoes or my shirt or my haircut, whatever, I feel good, right? Instantly what happens? I smile. Oh, and I feel better about myself. And then what do I want to do? I instantly want to get back, give back to them, right? So if they compliment me on my shoes, then it's like, oh man, yeah, thank you so much. And I love your top or I love your, hey, is that a new haircut? Or, you know, oh, and I meant to tell you, you know, great job yesterday. You, you killed it. You know what I mean? Like it just starts falling out and it forces them to start thinking outside of themselves as well. So, so I hope this has been valuable to you. Again, this is a big topic, and I'm sure this is going to be a podcast that continues to, to, to grow, as in the sense of, or a topic within the the podcast, which is the employee appreciation, because you know our employees or our coworkers are are so critical to our own performance, let alone the overall business's performance. So that as we can continue to connect with them as human beings, the more actual. Output that we're gonna get from them right the more production that we're we're gonna get from them because they're gonna want to be part of that Organization they're gonna be want to be part of that c-word right gonna be want to be part of that culture And so now you've got your homework. You've got ten compliments that you're gonna give out today Uh, What I did when I first started doing this is I actually put it on the calendar I kind of broke it out or it's like, you know by 9 a.m. Have I given four compliments yet you know, by 3 p.m. Have I have I given eight compliments yet? Whatever that was, but I had like these little milestones and markers that it that it triggered me, where it's like, oh man, because again, at first it takes effort. You're like, oh man, I'm behind. It's a, it's eight o'clock at night, and I've only given out you know four compliments. It's like, all right, hey kitty cat, you're looking furry today, and hey, you know neighbor, you know whatever that is, right? But you're looking for for ways to give out compliments because if you're if it's not part of your repertoire, if it's not part of your your existing habit, it's it takes a little momentum. It's gonna take a little effort. It's gonna take th- that 80% of that rocket fuel to start pushing you into, you know, into outer space, right? Or into this new space of giving compliments a day. But just wait and see what happens. Again, you're not doing it for yourself. Now, ironically, you're gonna benefit probably the most because of it, but we're not doing it for yourself and we're not doing it to get compliments in return, but just, just look and see what starts to happen. Give that compliment on a job well done. Give that job on a new, or give that compliment on a a new haircut. Give that compliment on the way that, you know, someone interacted with a patient. Give a compliment to a patient, whatever that is, but look and see what happens when you give that compliment. You're going to get that look and you're going to get a smile. And all of a sudden you're going to have that connection and it's going to make you feel good. And it's going to fill your heart and it's going to fill their heart. And back to my analogy of the buckets, right? We're either filling other people's buckets or we're pulling from that bucket. This is truly an opportunity to do both at the same time where this kind of almost breaks that law of filling buckets because by giving that compliment, you're instantly filling their bucket, but they immediately fill yours. So it's almost as if you're filling your own bucket by doing that. So I hope this has been useful. I'm dying to know uh, how this exercise works for you as you apply it. So shoot me an email, give me a call, reply on this. You know, obviously you can leave comments, on the transcription site uh, at dentalmarketingblog.com. So I'm curious how, A, you applied this, and B, what kind of feedback what, and what kind of results you were getting from this and how this kind of helped change your organization as you started start to improve your culture or continue to improve your culture at work. So I hope you enjoyed this message, and I hope you have an amazing day. Take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon.